0: Welcome, everybody, everyone from LinkedIn Live and uh, and Zoom and however you're connecting with us. Welcome to the Polymath Project. Today's Thursday, August 17th, 2023. can't believe the summer is starting to wind down, but in my mind, we've still got another three weeks and uh, one day at a time. Let's just enjoy it. Um, I'm here in Jersey City. I've got one of my old friends and um, colleagues, uh, Noam Gamadi. Uh, on the line, Noam is a fascinating mind body therapist. Uh, we'll get into it and all the different multidisciplinary approaches that he's used, that he's learned, that he applies to individuals, to groups. He works with entrepreneurs, with startups, with companies as far as organizational management and problem solving and just helping companies and the people within them come into harmony on, on a vision. And I'd really love to hear a lot about that, and I think it'll be very useful for the audience today. No, my friend, welcome to the show. Thanks. Welcome back. <laughs> Thank you, Oman. It is wonderful to be back. Yeah, man, it's been. I think about it was right during COVID, right when we had our first uh, meetup on the polymath. I believe that was in season two for us, and you were in a, you were in a park. I think you were at Prospect Park, and you guided us through an amazing meditation that day. And I I took that in. I know that I got a lot of feedback from the audience after people took it in. And uh, that was kind of the moment, wasn't it, for the whole world to actually, if you didn't meditate, that's the time (laughs) where you first were forced to, in a sense. It was a crazy time, wasn't it?
1: It was definitely a crossroad where it revealed all the cracks and it also revealed the possibilities, so to speak.
0: Yeah, 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 it absolutely did. So, um, I want to, I want to make sure I want the audience to hear about, um, what you do. And then maybe during the course of this time, and I know we're both spontaneous, we can go with the flow and see, um, to kind of put it into practice a little bit, or maybe give some examples. Um, uh, but first and foremost, a mind body therapist, right? That's not a term that we would hear or one would hear, um, quite every day. Uh, I love the sound of it, right? Um, so how, how do you define that? What, what is a mind-body therapist in general? And, and, you know, do, and then where do you fall in that spectrum? I'm sure there's, there's different formats and forums for that.
1: So in order to get into it, I think one needs to put it in context. Initially, when growing up in the Western world, everything is divided. So if you have a problem with your body, you go to a medical doctor, for example. If you have a problem with your mind, you go to a psychologist. And ultimately, this is very, this is a Western approach or has been the Western approach. Whereas mind-body really sees the connection between the two, and we'll go into it also through some examples later on, where if you're feeling physical symptoms or if you have a disease, it's always, I'm going to be absolute here, it's always related to your mental, emotional state. You may not see the connection, you may not put one and one together, but ultimately they're interrelated. So take for example, uh, someone who's got problems with the colon now the colon is basically processing the food it's releasing gases etc okay many of us grew up in environments where farting was not allowed or not acceptable so you hold those, those gases in and when you look at the bigger picture when you zoom out a minute and you look at criticism because growing up you were, one was criticized and you keep on holding it. And over the years, our body is not meant to hold. Our body is basically a bridge where things come in, go out. It is a flow. Over time, because of our conditioning, because of our traumas, because of different circumstances, we begin to form resistances. Now these resistances, it's the chicken and the egg. Are they mental? Are they physical? They're both. And as a mind-body practitioner, I'm looking for how to help people release, first of all, the resistance. And a lot of people, especially at this time, there's a lot of anxiety, there's a lot of uncertainty, and that creates pressure. I think we may have spoken about it the last time, but that pressure cooker, We build pressure and ultimately the goal, my goal is to help release that pressure because any decisions, any diseases that we experience, you can try and go to a doctor and they'll deal with the symptoms, they'll suppress it. And I'm not saying don't, because sometimes we need that interjection. Bigger picture, you have to address both. You have to in order to restore that flow, you need to see these connections between the body and the resistance. right.
0: That's uh, that's amazing. That's amazing. So so where
1: where do you start?
0: Uh, let, let's talk about, I mean,'ve I've worked with you, I, I know a number of people that have worked with you um, really in the in, in the body work side, you know, with um um, but, but put together for us like a few of the disciplines and the modalities that you've, that you've studied. And then it sounds like it's evolved for you where you're kind of creating your own. I, I don't know if, I, I'm, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but tell us what are the different modalities that you've learned and combined to, to, to bring to your practice.
1: So to even go that route, just the prefaces. The yes. reason why I believe, and this is a belief, I take responsibility for it. Most practitioners do what they do is because they had trouble themselves and they were looking for solutions. And I'm no exception. For years, I would have physical problems. My digestive system would fail. My back, there were all kinds of things that would really compromise both my decision process and my physical health. And I started looking at how to treat myself. So like anyone else, I started going to different experts, psychologists, uh, chiropractors. I I started with the, the mental, physical, and there was no real solution. And then one day I stumbled on a modality called Feldenkrais. And Feldenkrais is basically a modality that rewires the brain using movement. It's bringing awareness to how you move, what you move, and really focused on slowing down and paying attention to how you do things. And that was the first wake-up call, but it wasn't enough. My urge, my desire to expand my understanding of self carried on. I realized that there's way beyond, and I needed more tools for myself. One of the other modalities that I began working with is called nonviolent communication, NVC. And that deals with the mental, emotional state of understanding that everything you do, everything you will ever do, is geared to meet needs. And that led me into a whole nother path of understanding, okay, I grew up in a family where judgment was the language. There were expectations, there were disappointments, there was a whole slew of things, and I noticed the connection between my stomach and these judgments. Whenever I felt judged, whenever I judged myself, one of the areas that kept on putting a light bulb was my stomach. Later on, I found a few other things like the breath, which we're going to speak about meditation, but I began to accumulate tools. Nonviolent communication helped me to understand myself more clearly. Mm. I moved on into chakras, uh, bioenergetics. There's a bunch of different names. But ultimately, what it boiled down to is how do I get out of, out of the stuck position? How do I f- get out of feeling like there's no choice and moving into... Possibility zone. And this yeah. is really, it has continued to evolve. And today I do it with clients. I allow them to have their journey. I basically i bear witness, I support them, I guide them, and it shows up everywhere.
0: Hmm. So so I want to dig in a little bit to what you're saying there. You mentioned Christ. Um, uh NVC, right? Nonviolent communication and and, and um, I know there's a couple of other modalities there. Now with each of these, um, if people people that are interested in these, obviously there's very formal organizations and associations and certifications. because you know, a, a lot of the critique that comes against, quote unquote, alternative practices is like, oh, okay, well, well, you're not a doctor or you don't have training or where did you study right? And I know that that whole paradigm, uh, is being you know challenged I think rightfully so in a lot of ways uh, and this, you know coming from someone here that went to an ivy league school and you know I'm proud of my education and background but does that what does that really qualify you for I mean you have that you know that degree right so I'm not saying obviously studying and having degrees and certain kind of level of proficiency is important right um And so I just want to make sure and and have you actually speak towards the audience that, like, obviously, you've studied and practiced and gained certain degrees. And people that want to learn these practices, obviously, can experience them themselves to see if it's working for them as the way you started. And then uh, a lot of practitioners or aspiring practitioners, there's a path, right? There's some clear paths here for people people that are interested, right? Okay, good to know. I mean, I, I knew that. I just wanted to bring that out because something I'm seeing and very interested in is people that are putting mixed modalities together in this whole kind of East meets West and, and um, a lot of traditional trained doctors here that are opening integrative centers and all all that kind of language, but not just for marketing purposes, but actually bringing in those other modalities like acupuncture has been a big one that has now gained I think some degree of, of more acceptance. I don't know why it ever wouldn't have been accepted, but obviously there's gatekeepers, right? Um, So anyway, I know that that discussion can go in a lot of directions, but, but keeping it to the, the fact that, you know, do you find people now more open and more curious and more willing to seek alternatives, or do you still find a lot of resistance from people and from the masses or what's
1: your experience been? It's a great question. I think that uh, in order to answer it, first of all, we need to understand the collective consciousness versus the individual consciousness. And -hmm. there is a difference between the two because society creates an idea, a route in which we are basically We go to school, we get degrees, we get married, or we buy a house. There's a whole checklist of what it means to integrate and to how does one relate to success. And it's somewhat rigid, I would say. Now, the collective consciousness will still buy into it. If I have a problem, Who's my go-to? Most people will say, okay, I either go to a psychologist or I go to a doctor. At the same time, there is a, I don't know if it's a revolution, but there's an opening for new possibilities. And along the way, yes, sometimes you kiss toads. (laughs) Don't always get to the right person. But that's true also for doctors, by the way. You can go to a doctor and there's no chemistry. You can't explain it. You don't feel safe. You don't trust has tons of degrees on the world doesn't work yeah it's like anything it's like relationships
0: it's that's life right there's no set set rigid path for everybody we have to explore and um hopefully i i find there's just that there is a lot of laziness around that you know there's like intellectual laziness it's like we're outsourcing our thinking some experts gonna tell me let me turn on the TV and there's an expert. They're going to tell me something, or and it's great to learn and be educated by books and by others and like conversations we're having now. But um, yeah, like, but then you have to go do the work, do the research, and that that's, that's a bit of effort, Takes a bit of effort.
1: I guess the direction that I would like or see the possibility is really going deeper. We live in sound bites, almost in sound bites. Everyone's looking for a quick fix. And this path really allows you to get to know yourself and to move from the old, and I'm going to use the word stories, because we really, we live in stories as far as I'm concerned. You tell yourself a story, what is success, what is failure, what is love, it's a bunch of different stories. And these stories for me are an opportunity to reflect. To see is the story working for me or am I working for the story? Yeah, who's driving the ship? (laughs) So the possibility is to let go of the old stories that have kept you in fear, in anxiety, in concerned about the future, and to move towards self-awareness, self-growth, choice. These are, and it is a path. Yes, you have to try different modalities. Some will work better for you. It's not just the modality. It's often, it is the person behind the modality. You know, Mm. you can have, as we were saying, it's a doctor, or if it's a acupuncturist, both stick needles, Yeah, one you like, one you don't like. So yeah. we open this to moving into new territory. How do you go towards the unknown knowing that you are safe?
0: Yeah, great question. Great question. And we need guides for that. And like you said, we, it's like, you have to find, you know, follow your intuition and find people you can trust that you're willing to take a chance, um, and, and see where it leads you. So, and, and, you know, without getting into my background, cause I know, you know, some of it, I've, I'm also been a curious seeker and, and trying and exploring different paths and have feel like now, you know, at, at the age I'm at, um, 49, like I, I have, there's never an arrival, it's always a journey, but you know, have found a good set of tools for now that help me, you know, both stay grounded and focused, as well as open and flexible and um, connected, connected to some kind of deeper, um, to use your word, deeper voice, a deeper sense of purpose, um, and guidance, you know, that at least... <laughs> Or maybe it's a story I'm still telling myself, right? It's always, always needs to continually be
1: evaluated. But it's a um, good story. Yeah. It's a story that keeps you going. And that's how I met you initially. Your yeah. curiosity was what sparked my interest. Like, okay, here's someone who doesn't take things for granted, who is curious to look to do a 360. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, that's, yeah, that's how I'd met met you through through our our mutual friend and colleague ron baker and and going back to miguel rossell and and these are these are the signals on the path right and then we, we we open a new door and see where it leads us um it's it's no it's really fascinating i think what i'd like to ask you um and just kind of brainstorm with you like how how Do your clients at least, or how do you propose that people should measure or evaluate their sense of progress, right? If you're working with someone for three months, for six months, and I want to get into this, um, what I feel, correct me if I'm wrong, a, a little bit of a newer transition into like working directly into corporate environments versus groups. First of all, are you working now mostly with groups or
1: individuals? I'm working with couples, I'm working with individuals. I have groups on and off and yes, I am also moving into primarily startups and and the there is a common theme in all of them. Mm. I think you're yeah. you begin to elude towards it, but how do you gauge success? What is success? Yeah, what is that? <laughs> if, if someone comes to you, they are having challenges. They can't necessarily even articulate them. One example is a guy that came to me. He was having anxiety attacks. Uh, Didn't know what was going on. He couldn't understand what the story was. Was checking into hospitals. It was really critical. He was fearing for his life. And rather than fixing, first of all, the, the first part is just to listen, to listen to what are people's concerns, what are they negotiating. From there, you can, I can begin to see, okay, uh, in, yep, there's a anxiety attacks, uh, disconnection from the surrounding, a lot of fear about the future, losing control, basically. And within, I would say, the initial success took three, four times. It wasn't immediate because we had to, first of all, identify what the story was. And there was a fear. It's about relationships, breaking down relationships, a lot of uncertainty about the future, certain beliefs of how things should be that kept on falling short with this person's reality. When he came to me, there was a lot of fear. And we began to work first of all with introducing some basic tools, which we're going to also hopefully go into later, but the first one being breath. Yeah, we all breathe. But intentional breath is a whole nother story. It brings your awareness to the present moment. You can feel yourself with more clarity. Calm yourself down. And now you can begin to see okay, what do I need to do? Now, over time, there's more and more clarity you begin to go into understanding go, okay where are you feeling it in your body well i'm feeling it in my chest what are you feeling in your chest there's a tightness it feels compressed today and it's been a while i mean we've been working the initial success was three four times where he felt like he wasn't he didn't have to check into hospital and that was already success Absolutely. That's a good milestone right there. Right. The second part was like, okay, now, how do we reframe? How do we get into the stories that led you to this place? And can we begin to create another narrative? Can we begin to move your state of mind into possibilities? Instead of worrying about what can go wrong, Let's change the narrative. What can go right? That flashlight, the ability to see the possibilities. When people often come, they cannot see the possibilities. Their relationship is falling apart. They can't seem to communicate with their bosses, with their peers. They're physically holding pressure and tension. and they cannot see the possibility of it being any different.
0: Mm.
1: Within a few times, you begin to regulate your body, your emotions. You get a sense of who you are. And now we can begin to work on how do you choose to be? How do you choose to show up? Mm. The process is basically, it starts from identifying what is going on for you. Once you're able to identify now we can start looking at how to shift that with the tools with the intention to create another experience. Yeah. So
0: that's one example. That's a a wonderful example. Um, And to continue forward on that note. In addition to sitting, you know, with you or I mean, a, a typical session that you spend with someone would be like an hour usually or sometimes more depends on the
1: format. The format is, yeah, usually it's an hour, depending if I'm working right. with a couple or conflict resolution in the company, it takes what it takes. Right. Okay. They usually designate 90 minutes for it. because Sure. But I mean,
0: obviously, you're running a business as well, right? And this is all part of it. A lot of what you're talking about and this goes into a bigger conversation about healthcare and wellness in this country and worldwide, I assume that 100% of what we're talking about here aren't things that would be
1: covered by health insurance, typically, correct? Indeed. Uh, (laughs) It's very interesting what you're bringing up because yes, it does create a threshold. For a lot of people, it doesn't make any sense because they can get the... it's much easier to get Zantax. Yeah. yeah. It's much cheaper and, and you'll feel calm for a bit. But if the intention is to create longer lasting impact, uh, the cheapest isn't necessarily going to solve it.
0: Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. And that that's, uh, again, another topic that I know myself, yourself, and a lot of other people we know from this kind of, I don't even like the word alternative health. Why alternative? Why not? Why isn't that the primary? You know, like we need to change the language,
1: don't we? This is extremely important what you're bringing up. And I don't know how deep to go there, but systematically when uh, the Western medicine evolved with it, they pushed away everything that existed beforehand. Hmm. Now, there was a lot of theory, the same with psychedelics. Up until the 50s, there was a hell of a lot of research done on it. Then all of a sudden, it became banned. Mm -hmm. And now we're rediscovering, but it's not alternative. So it's been there. It is here. It just has to be.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, given a chance, given given some airtime and um, not suppressed, let's say. And so, no, it's great to see that. As you said, there's this kind of revolution of this opening. Uh, I think it's always been with people, but it's now, okay, well, what's permitted? What needs to be done behind the scenes? What can we bring out into light? Um, and Asking so-
1: questions. Yeah. Asking the questions. We don't, we, as you said earlier, we go to the doctor who is basically the, at the risk of uh, saying the wrong thing, who is basically the new priest. So you come to them for the answers. But inherently, we have the capacity to ask questions. And we are not only have the capacity, we need to ask questions. Because the questions, you may not get an immediate answer, but at least it brings that flashlight, that awareness to the possibilities. Right. Is there only one way of doing things, Come up with four or five ways to do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, well, I
0: think COVID showed us a lot of uh, where we started the conversation and people started asking more questions. I mean, not, not everyone, a lot of people went along with the ride and, and the, the quote unquote, high level guidance, <clears throat> which has proved to be, you know, disastrous. Um, but a lot of people didn't a lot of people did resist and ask questions and seek alternative ways of of, um, maintaining their mind body health right because as soon as we create worry and fear in people and we know what the media and the propaganda does it creates that fear and that fear creates the illness that you're talking about and we've seen it it's been a textbook case Um, and it's hard to resist but it requires the kind of training that that you're talking about and that you're providing for, for folks. So that's why it's so important. That's why it's important to have these conversations and have more people tune in, not just out of starting with curiosity and questions and then taking it to taking those chances and seeking out the experience because where, where do you start? Once you're open to it, then you got to find the right, the right path, you know, and then you got to figure out how to pay for it because your insurance isn't isn't covering those things. And these are the barriers right now that we have to work together to, to overcome and convince people it's worth it. You're gonna pay for it, but it's, it's worth it.
1: I, I fully agree with you. I think it has to do with, again, looking for opportunities. You can look at why you can't, what's stopping you. Oh, I don't have the funds. I don't have the time. I'm not good at these things, all these, and language, language is very important. Hmm. If you use negative language, if you're focused on what the limitations are, you basically draw them into your life. So reframing, how can I, what do I need to do in order to get there? Okay, I can't afford a session by myself. Okay, join a group, see how that goes find seek ways of exploring discovering change your mind ultimately change your mind because the vessel or the Merkaba this body that we inhibit is it's basically a communicator tool information coming in information going out Hmm. and aligning between the internal and external brings about balance. If you're constantly, if one is constantly anxious, the problem with anxiety is, like fear is very clear. I'm afraid of spiders. Okay, we can deal with it. Anxiety is way more complicated because you can't quite put your finger on it even. And this is where these processes are critical. Hmm. The person who was having anxiety attacks couldn't articulate what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so would you say, um, I'm
0: translating, but you you tell me if this makes sense to you. It's, it's a form of self-knowledge, right? I mean, you, you can't put your finger on what's happening inside you and where these things might be happening subconsciously. These fears could be from your childhood. It could be these stories. So, This is, in essence, a practice of of gaining clarity, as you said, giving space so that you could gain some self-awareness, some self-knowledge, and and operate more effectively with with that knowledge. I
1: totally agree. This uh, Get to know yourself. Some people call it the waking up. Some people call it growth. There are many different words for it, but ultimately, it is about gaining self-knowing, loving self critical because we are constantly negotiating between love and fear Mm -hmm. and when you're in fear chances are you're not in love not with yourself or anyone else yeah so by somehow tapping into the natural resources and we are able to move forwards right
0: March 4th, right? Um, <laughs> um, I want to take a minute here again, just to to welcome anyone who's watching us live here during during your lunch break, or, or if it's the morning for you out in the West Coast, or whatever part of the world you're in, uh, through LinkedIn Live, this is something we're doing more of. Um, obviously, we'll have recordings available and different clips um, of some of these words of wisdom we're getting from Noam Gamadi today of uh, the new brand is is Coach Coach Landing, right? Uh, is there a website, Gnomes, uh, that we can put out
1: there? www.coachlanding.com.
0: Okay, coachlanding.com. And we'll also share yeah. it out through LinkedIn. If anyone has questions, because we've got another 20 or 30 minutes or so you know, of time you know, here together today. Um, anyone has questions, please put them through the chat in LinkedIn, and I'll try to squeeze in as many questions as we can towards the end, maybe in the last like 10 minutes, we'll save some time. Um, but for now, I've got you uh, to myself with questions I have in front of me here. Um, I'm really curious, you know, I'm a lifetime entrepreneur, I don't, you know, even love the labels even for myself. But that's, you know, you know what I've been doing and, and working with different teams, building companies, I, I get very excited about ideas but as as we all know ideas is like they say one percent inspiration and then 99 is the actual work which starts with building a team building essentially a community i mean who else who's on board who really wants to work on this um a do they have the skills that you need of course you need that and b or maybe even it should be a is do they have the um the 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 passion the determination the those those soft qualities those more unseen qualities of being ready to work on something because entrepreneurship for me and i know it's similar for you it's it's just like the spiritual path it's such a it's such a journey it's um it requires courage there's no autopilot there you know no one puts bread on your table in the entrepreneurial journey you have to go out and get it right? And um, no one gives you a pat on the back, because you put in a couple of years of good effort, you can still die, as can your company, as can your idea, um, the next day. So it is it definitely, I've likened it. And in my heart and mind, it's it's so similar, such a great parallel, at least it has been my journey. So the fact that you're working with startups and entrepreneurs, I want to hear more about that. Like, can you give us any example? Or can we come up with some scenario? How do we Talk about it more um, in terms of how that might be different than the the other kind of work you had been doing beforehand, just directly with an individual or a couple. Uh, I, I know it's the same, but how how is it different, or how are you?
1: Yeah, let me let me just try to frame it. Uh, first of all, I fully resonate with what you're saying. Entrepreneur is basically, I mean, it's a visionary. Uh, And it comes with a premises because there's an internal drive to create, to manifest. And with it comes some challenges. We were talking about, I mean, when you look at companies, there are stages of development which are very similar. I'm talking about, let's say, startups. Right. Very similar to a relationship. When you meet someone for the first time, at first there's the honeymoon. You're in love. Nothing can go wrong. There's all these possibilities. Everyone's excited. I'll do whatever it takes. And over time, (laughs) the, the needs change. All of a sudden, people want safety, security. They want clear roles. They want understanding. And it brings up also the Misalignments where right. people are not happy, they're not happy with their role, they're overwhelmed. They're so similar to a relationship, how do you navigate this? These stages that allow people to first of all want to continue being involved. Whether it will succeed or won't, nobody has a crystal ball. At least not that I know of. You, you set a vision in, sp- in mind and you start manifesting it. Yes, getting the right people in. Now, getting the right people is part of what many entrepreneurs are very good at. They have a sixth sense. Who's the right person that can fill that void? Once you put a group of people together... There's certain dynamics that have to be monitored and catered to. Because all of a sudden, the same things that irritate you in a relationship irritate you in the company. That person keeps on nagging you because they need information, and this is really not what you're interested in supporting them with. So... I, the role is very similar. It's to help people to regulate, to help people to come to understandings. One of the areas that I love is conflict. Conflict for me, my definition of it is an opportunity to come to a new understanding. That's all it is. It's not a mm. negative. It's not a positive. When there's a conflict, there's fire, there's friction, there's possibility. Hmm. My goal is to harvest it, to to bring it together, and okay, we know what we're in disagreeing on. What can we agree on? Right. Another thought that is coming to mind is either it will be simple or it simply won't be. Hmm. Well put. <laughs> we get caught up in these huge visions, bigger picture. And sometimes you've got to bring it down. We're down to the level of eye to eye, P2P. How do you keep that team alive? How do you meet their needs? Because sometimes there's no budget. Sometimes there's all kinds of restrictions. Do you value the, your people? So, what I do is basically I support the visionary, I support the team in creating balance and harmony, in anticipating also strategy. Because, you know, a couple gets together, they, they create a vision, and then they look for the strategies how to get there. Same with the entrepreneurs.
0: For sure. Yeah, for sure. So you you get involved at that level. That's that's it's fascinating, you know, because it, it does remind me a bit of, you know, again, our two decades, you know, plus at Blue Line are working with a lot of small companies, entrepreneurs, whether it's a solo practitioner or a small family business. And it's like I always, you know, joked about it, but found that you basically become like the therapist for for the CEO, for the founders, to help make sure they don't lose their good people because they're just they're neglecting them or they're taking them for granted, which happens quite a bit. Um, and people are juggling, as you said, so many roles, but at some point people want more definition. Well, that's not my job, but I'm doing it because I know they need help, but I don't want to ask for more money, but, but, but I'm frustrated, you know, and like the founders, they're so busy and just taking it for granted and thinking, well, I can just replace them if they leave, but no, you can't. They've been here for five years They know things you don't even know about your own business. So bringing awareness to those kinds of things. I mean, I've spent a lot of time doing that. And then as an agency, of course, you know, we come in, can fill some gaps. But uh, I love this strategic role um, and bringing mindfulness to that whole process, which is what it sounds like, you know, Coach Landing is doing. Really, it's
1: about having a discussion, asking the questions, seeing where, you know, we have blind spots. We all have blind spots, including you and me. And (laughs) sometimes you need a clear mirror. Basically, this process, whether you're working, whether I'm working with an individual or a company, it's to give a clear mirror. Sometimes you have to cut the arm off because Mm -hmm. it's not working. It's painful. It's uncomfortable. There's a lot of, it will bring, especially for the uh, visionaries, they don't want that confrontation. They don't want to be the bad person. Right.
0: Right. So, so let's, so let's, so let's do this, right. Like, um, and I'm just, this really just coming off the top of my head. So go, go with me on this. If, if you can, if you're willing to, Um, I'm just going to make up a scenario right now and, and, you know, play, play the role, right. Okay. Um we're, we're, we're just meeting. You, you were referred to me. Hey, Noam, you know, I heard, heard about Coach Landing and you're well referred. Um, so, you know, I got this company. I'm just going to be one of the guys. It's me and, and three three partners. You know, we started together um, a few years ago. Um, we built up kind of nice. We had, you know, a singular um, product or, pr- or service that we all had a good balance, good, good uh, agreement on. Uh, We've grown the company now. We're doing, you know, five, seven million dollars a year in business. And and there's great potential for growth. Uh, But what's happening now is, you know, uh, the four partners are kind of in their own silos. There's new ideas, new products, new services. It doesn't seem like we're in sync as much as we were in the beginning. Uh, One of the partners altogether is not really even doing anything anymore. He's just collecting a check he's off on the beach, he's chasing, you know, his personal dream, so it seems. Um, and yet, um, our original agreement, which was, you know, 25% each is now doesn't seem like it's working anymore. And there's, uh, we've got a staff of 60, 70 people, um, all in different parts of the world. And there's a lot of resentment, a lot of entitlement, a lot of, you um, Seems like everyone's gotten more selfish, you know, at the top and then throughout the company. It seems like there's almost this kind of cancer going through. We're still making money. We're still delivering some good products, but there's some cracks that are starting to show up. And um, it seems like we can't even get on a Zoom call or in the room together because everyone's got a different schedule. Everyone thinks the world revolves around them, right? So we've got four four heroes here and. Um, yeah, so we're, we're really struggling. You know, there's some, some potential opportunities to sell the company. We can't even agree on getting together on the phone. So I was referred to you. I mean, where do we start? How, how long is this going to take? How can you help us? What do you propose?
1: Like, talk to me. First thing is, thank you for sharing. <laughs> Let's just acknowledge the fact that you finally realizing that there are challenges, that things aren't as smooth. Yes, it started beautifully and there was a clear understanding on where you were going. And it sounds like over time, things have shifted. There's many more people involved. There's different agendas. And it would make sense to first of all, begin to speak to each one of the partners or the Mm. leadership team, To see what their version of the story is, that same story, what are they experiencing? To understand, because in order to come, clearly the old understanding is not working. Yeah. 25% nice idea. It it may have worked in the beginning, but it's out of balance right now. So, my proposal is let's first of all, let's get into a room. I can interview each and every one of you to get an assessment and to translate what I'm hearing here because I hear your version and it sounds very clear. I'd love to speak to the one on the beach to get a sense of what their experience is.
0: You're probably going to have to go to the beach in order to have that conversation, but that that well, that's part of the challenge, Noam, is I'm not sure. Um, it's kind of, I guess, maybe when couples start therapy, one wants to, one doesn't. I'm not sure we Uh, I mean, this is me having this private conversation with you, having talked to the others, um, did try to bring something up once that maybe we should bring in something outside and two of the other, you know, partners shut that down. Uh, We definitely, to the point you just mentioned, have a layer of management underneath the partners that are some of which are vital, some of which have been with us since the beginning. Uh, We've actually have lost a couple of very important people that, I certainly didn't want to lose, but we did because they just didn't feel like they were being valued or they saw the vision anymore. So I think besides the four at the top, there's like another leadership layer of another, I would say five or six folks that are vital to our future, especially if we want to spend more time on the beach and less time growing the company, we need to depend on that next level and then the 50 or so people under. So first and foremost, uh, this is, I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: It sounds like uh, employee retention is something that is important for you.
0: I believe, I believe it is. I'm not sure if everyone would, would concur, you know, or they may think again, people are replaceable and and some may be, um, but um, some have been with us since the beginning. And I know they believed in the initial vision, but because of this kind of cancer that I mentioned, or this kind of, crack you know in the armor which maybe it's part of what comes with some level of success but uh, it's feeling like it's dangerous at this point Um, if we don't come together or find a way to find some new compromises or a new vision or refresh the vision like you said it seems like it's been outdated so okay so you propose first and foremost to meet with the partners
1: individually not together. Partners individually to gather information first of all to understand where people where the partners are at where is the leadership below at why are people leaving right now what is going on in this relationship this startup this experience that is pushing people away and beyond the people and the company, it's you personally. How can I support you as an individual? Because it sounds like it's really important for you for this project, for this startup to succeed, to continue to thrive. And you may not be able to change everyone else's mind, but is it important for you to get clear on what you can do moving forwards? Yes. Yes.
0: No, I can certainly use some assistance there, you know, just in my in my personal aspect of of the journey. Um, uh, let me ask you this, since I'm also the one in charge of the the checkbook at the company, which is sometimes a point of contention. But it's, um, you know, we're looking at our our benefits, our wellness, the obviously important for to make everyone in the company feel that as we're growing, we're, we're looking to take care of um, each other and ourselves. Um, what and I'd love, and I've heard that you also work with groups and do different types of um, bioenergetics and things of that nature. and those things from what I understand wouldn't be covered by our insurance. Um, what should I be budgeting? if if I want to make a proposal to bring you in at the partner level, at the management level, and then an all company level, um, and I believe we're local, our offices, you know, in New York, which isn't far from from you. Um, uh, can you give me a ballpark on, on a proposal on like how many hours a week you think you could spend if it was carte blanche, right. And we wanted you to come in and I don't know if you work with a team or bring other people in, or if you're coming in solo, tell us what I should be thinking to budget, to have you come in and over what period of time, at least for a first phase of this project, is it three months? Is it quarterly? How should we look at it?
1: No. Let's look at it as a menu. Uh, There are different possibilities. Number one, I feel it would be very helpful for me to work with you one-on-one. Then we can put in two, three hours a week. I will need to interview or to speak to the other people. I'm guessing that we can probably do 15 hours a week to start with. Uh, It'll take a couple of weeks to go over the main personnel. And then I'm going to propose some workshops where we can work in smaller groups or in a bigger group and begin to develop an understanding or new understanding to understand what the pulse is and how we can get realigned here. Overall, you're looking at two, three months, potentially. We can work indefinitely, but in order to bring back the company and the vision on track we may need to discuss the vision again because the yeah. vision that you agreed upon three years ago has shifted by the sound right. of it right uh, uh the organizational charts are people in the right places right now right right there's a whole conversation that no i I'd, I'd love to
0: look at all of it but uh, so so from my understanding you know yeah about 12, 15 hours a week over a quarter um, at roughly a hundred an hour. What's what kind of rate would you give for something like that? Uh, if it was like package. Between up- 100,
1: $150 a hundred and fifty dollars. Okay.
0: hundred to one fifty an hour. Okay. yeah, we work with other consultants and other disciplines and lawyers charge a lot more than that. So uh, I think that um, we, we could be amenable and would the implementation that you mentioned, like these workshops, be something that we can work into our normal day-to-day schedule or would it require
1: off-site and weekend and alternative hours cuz that could be tricky. You hit the nail on the head. I mean it really depends as you were saying earlier on the budget. Primarily the goal is to utilize to take an hour off in the middle of the day, lunch break or whatever to have a, the a Zoom meeting if we need if it's people from abroad in person We can do offsite, but that is a whole other story that needs to be planned. But ultimately, it's about realigning and it could be done locally. Okay,
0: great. Because that would be my goal after the quarter to see that whether we need to ratchet it down or up. But to keep that, this service as as a part of our wellness program, as just a part of our overall strategic alignment, Uh, that would be my goal. But let me bring it to the partners and get back to you. Uh, Thank you for that. No, that was great. So um, we only just I got a couple of questions coming through and then we'll wrap up just really mainly people want to know, uh, besides the website, because you mentioned even in this call, like workshops and hey, you can't afford the single what about a group? Do you offer anything like a, a podcast or some kind of meetup or something that could be an introductory taste? I mean, besides what people are getting here, which I think
1: is great. How can people take a step further with with your work? In terms of podcast, uh, you can check out The Upside of Over. We did a series of uh, conversations, and it's really about, uh, it comes from compassionate communication or nonviolent communication, which when things come to an end, what is the upside? What is the possibility? How do you reframe? And that can be found. It's called The Upside of Over. It can be found on uh, Spotify.
0: Okay. iTunes, maybe Spotify. Okay. Yep. The Upside of Over. We'll take a look out. You have about what, eight, nine episodes there?
1: Yep. And Great. in addition to that, I do groups uh, on and off. It's all advertised in the website. Okay. Coach, Coachlanding.com. Yep. Coachlanding.com.
0: Awesome. Awesome, my friend Noam Gamadi, Thank you so much for uh, for taking the time today. This is a great great reconnection. We haven't spoken in a while, so this is a chance for us to catch up personally, as well as to share our conversation and your your pearls of wisdom with uh, with uh, the world
1: at large. So, thank you. Oh, man. thank you for having me over it's always a pleasure to speak to you I really enjoy the unpredictability of uh, like where are we going today oh okay <laughs> fine flexibility
0: I, exactly exactly something I know we both value and it's 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 part of the dance right and part of just enjoying enjoying this process instead of you know here's 20 questions and let's pass this test um it, no listen it's great to Great to dance with you in these conversations. And I hope we're going to keep it up and, and get that in person. We'll, we'll, we'll plan that soon off, offline. All right, Noam, thank you for joining today. And thanks for the audience for listening in. And um, we'll, uh, we'll see you next week, next time um, on the Polymouth Project. Thanks, Noam. Ciao. Thank you. Bye.